This is Cut to the Chase with Dave Emanuel. And today my guest is Annette Davis-Jackson. Annette is running for State Senate in District 55, which is parts of Gwinnett County and DeKalb County, Georgia. Welcome, Annette. Thank you. What made you decide to run for office? As some people say, I had a moment of weakness and decided to do it. (laughs) You know, first of all, I ran for public office here in Georgia 1994 for United States Congress. So that began my quest to run. In that particular race, I received 43% of the vote. I lost to a good friend who was a farmer, Woodrow Lovett. And at that time, there was such fervor. The district was DeKalb all the way down to the border of Savannah. What a great district. I was in parades. I mean, it was great. And basically, the people said, that you know what, we believe in this congressional district that you're the best person to represent us. Fast forward to 2016 or 2015 when I started and I officially filed my declaration of intent to run in November of 2015. I saw in the news Snellville going through some traumatic toil. And I saw abuse of power. And when I see abuse of power, I really don't like it. So I saw how the charter was trying to be changed in Snellville And when I saw that, I said, wow, without the city council and the current senator was trying to do that, unbeknowing to anybody in Snellville, I was amazed. I I was so amazed that I said, you know what? This couldn't happen. And then number two reason for running for public office, there was a lady named Hermel Cody, and she happens to be in in DeKalb County, and she was picked by uh, my opponent, Gloria Butler, for the DeKalb Oversight Committee because of all the corruption in DeKalb. Well, once her mail started getting into the, the meat and potatoes of what's happening in DeKalb, they tried to get rid of her, and they couldn't. She appealed to Sam Olins, and she's still on that oversight board. Those were two really key components to me running for public office. I said, there's no way that a senator can represent two districts and have abusive power. The citizens deserve more. And it's amazing that when I see abusive power like that, I've got to do something about it. I've always been an advocate. I've always been political. I've always been engaged in making sure that citizens get what they need get what they're searching for. And it was at this time, it was a great timing for me to jump in the race for state senate because then I also saw that Gwinnett wasn't even represented in the senatorial district and there was so much emphasis put on DeKalb. And that's not the way a good signature district such as we have should operate. Well, and and I know your opponent on numerous occasions has said I don't need Gwinnett because I got enough votes in the cab. And what do you see in Gwinnett in terms of problems that a state senator might be able to handle? Well, you know, I see, first of all, designing a signature district between uh, DeKalb and Gwinnett. But here's the number one thing um, that I desire to put it to put it in place for the citizens. First of all, we need an office in the district. 
that covers outreach, that covers if citizens have a problem, they can go right there to that office. It's, it's almost like a one-stop shop for the district. Um, we have Evermore in this great senatorial district. You have to have an alliance with your community investment districts, with your churches, with your businesses. So that is what I see as a senator for this particular senatorial district should be doing. It should be merging all of what's in Gwinnett, all of what's in DeKalb, best practices. That's very important because Gwinnett is the number one district. It has one of the number one school districts. DeKalb used to be one of the number one districts, one of the, one, one of the best so it's kind of flip-flop now, but the best practices will create a senator district in, in this District 55, second to none. One of the problems that I think anything touching DeKalb has is the corruption within DeKalb. Oh, yes. Which seems endemic. Oh, yes. What, what do you see as your role as a state senator in being able to assist at the county level and try to get some of this corrupt corruption under control? Well, first of all, you have to really do an audit. <laughs> you have to start with audit. You have to do not only a financial audit, but a forensic audit. And when you talk about audit, period, everybody starts crawling up under the rugs. They don't know what to do. They end up quitting. I was really responsible, and not just I, should I say. We had an advocacy group, and we helped uncover corruption in the DeKalb County school systems. The way that we did it is that we spoke before the Board of Education. We probably had 30 slots every single Board of Education meeting, and we uncovered that they were siphoning money through construction. That's how it started. It really started from a parent impetus of not seeing things getting done with the schools, repairs getting done with the schools, not having enough supplies, books, etc. So I've already started that probably about 10 years ago, as a matter of fact, in 2011, I was on the front cover of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and everybody was sitting down, and I, had, I was standing up with my uh, hands crossed. I had a leather jacket on, and I was like, how dare you? How dare you do this to the children of our future who are going to take over? So I have been in the middle of corruption and uncovered corruption in DeKalb County, and um, I'm willing to, to stick in there and stay in there and find out every department has to have a justification. I always say that nobody should be able to sign a check until the check prints. If the check doesn't have any justification, the check can't print. There has to be a system, and there also has to be a lockbox of money where there is a surplus of money. So really, they have to change their whole system. Mm -hmm. an operation of the way that they do things. There's, uh, <clears throat> there's been some movements, as I'm sure you're aware, and one of the DeKalb County commissioners just got unelected. Yes. And how do you, how do you see that playing out? Do you think they're, they're, I know we have one county commissioner who has kind of been fighting a lone battle against corruption. Uh, do you see things getting better on their own just because of the, the changes that have gone on? And I guess the other question that I have to ask is, how do these people keep getting elected who are known to be corrupt? It's a simple issue, apathy. Lack of leadership. Lack of leadership. And you know, it's high time, just like 
Steve Bradshaw stepped up to the plate. Professor, you know, very astute, stepped up to the plate. There are people who have to be savvy and educated with what's going on to be able to get in the game of statesmanship. I'm not going to say politics. I'm going to say in the game of statesmanship. That's very important. I do see the shift changing because it might not come from the people because the people are, some of them are too busy working. They don't want to be involved in corruption. They don't want to fight anymore. They just want to really come home, eat a really great dinner, and let other people do that. But what we have to say to the people today that you can no longer not be a part of civic engagement and civic activity. So you have to get involved. You have to, you really have to get involved. I see DeKalb changing. It's amazing that there are so many wonderful people in DeKalb and DeKalb is such a beautiful district, but the people they let it go on because of, let me tell you what's happening in DeKalb. Cronyism. Mm-hmm. Nepotism. Mm-hmm. It's been happening for such a long time. And people say it's, 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 it's looked at as African Americans are the ones doing it. Well, the thing about it, everybody's doing it. How do you stomp that out? You have to have protocols and practices and you have to have stopgap measures in place so that people can't just do anything that they want to do. The P cards. How do you let those P cards, once someone spent $50 at a TJ Maxx, it should have shut off. Mm-hmm. Now, this district is known to be highly Democratic. You're a Republican. What is your take when you go out knocking on doors and somebody says, well, I'm a Democrat. Why should I vote for a Republican? Well, you know what? One of my neighbors said that the other day as I was passing him. And, you know, I said, hey, you know what? I've got to tell you that I'm running for state senate in this district. I said, but I need to tell you that I'm running as a Republican. He said, oh, I'm a Democrat. I said, oh, really good. I said, so does that mean that I have the opportunity for you to look me up and Ed Davis Jackson for state senate on Facebook? And then let me bring you some information so that we can sit down and talk and we can share what your ideas for the district are. He said, okay. So that changed the paradigm of people thinking about voting Republican. It's just to have a conversation. Sometimes people do not like to entertain people who have different differences, affiliations, but I'm willing to say that, you know what, I have to infiltrate those who are Democrat, those of the Democratic Party, because you don't know me. So give me an opportunity for you to know me and me to know you, and I promise you, you're going to find out that I'm the best person to represent this district. I promise you. Mm -hmm. I promise you. Don't take things at face value. Don't take things just by emotion. It's about time that we research. Can you research me? Can you find out what I've done? Can you find out maybe what are your hopes for this district? Do you want more restaurants in this district? Do you want more lighting? You're part of that decision-making. And then when I throw the onus on you're part of that decision-making and you should be voting for someone where their voice is going to be your decision-making, not only at the Capitol, but as a district. 
You can't just go be a senator and vote down at the Capitol where the lobbyists are, you know, uh, trying to get you to see everything, and you don't come back to your district and you don't make sure that it's beautified, you don't make sure that your graduation rate is going up, you, you don't make sure that your veterans are taken care of, you don't make sure that more businesses are popping, popping up, the mom and pop shops, so that they can employ. That's what a senator does. It's just not at the Capitol. It's so very comprehensive. At the city level, the elections are nonpartisan. Do you see a big partisan gap at the county level? In, in some cases, you're handling the same kinds of, of issues, which are local. And the question I've heard a lot of people say is, is there really that much of a difference between a Democrat and a Republican at the level of the county in terms of doing things. Certainly when you vote for legislation, right. there's a, there, there is a philosophical gap. Mm-hmm. But in terms of what my state senator does for me in my district, how important do you think party affiliation is? It's the first part of the question. The second part of the question is, how much can a Democrat get done when the majority of the senators are Republicans? And there, there has to be some kind of coming together. And, of course, it's always easier to reach on the same side of the aisle than across the aisle. And I think we've seen that in the past legislative sessions where there has been some, I would say, ill-advised legislation proposed. And it seems to have been just very partisan legislation. You know, that's a really good question. And what I will say, I learned from some of my good friend mentors when I ran for U.S. Congress. There's a word called consensus. That word called consensus is so dynamic. I have to bring that back to the atmosphere. I have to bring the consensus back to the atmosphere because whether I'm Republican or whether you're Democrat, what are we going to do that heeds to that utilitarianism concept, doing the best of good for the majority of people? That's the number one issue. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it takes relationship. You mean to tell me that as a state senator with the fiduciary responsibility that you're not going to cross the aisle? Wow. Um, sounds like um, maybe you need to go into the private sector, you know, where you have your lens on just to do accounting or just to do uh, parks and recreation. Because when it comes to governing and compliance, it's totally different. The, the late Senator Paul Coverdale did that so very well. He was able to cross the aisle in ways that made sense. We have to begin to make sense with our finances, with our audits, with every single department, every single area of this county. It's easy to do, but you just have to do it. You have to take that emotion out, be loving, have that effective nature, but you're working for a district. See, that's a different. You are not working for self. And I think that's where it gets kind of twisted mm-hmm. and um, there's no understanding. Or should I say there's a void of understanding. As a state senator, that shouldn't be allowed. It shouldn't be allowed. 
What else do you see as some major issues that you want to go after, you want to see changes made? Now, as a state senator, you all obviously vote on legislation that affects the whole state. Yes. We've got, we've got some issues here and there. Uh, what do you see as, as the big issues on your radar screen that you think need to be addressed and maybe, maybe some things reined in? What's very important in this district is youth development. What we find with youth as we look into this district is there need to be more places legitimately where youth can skate, uh, they can play racquetball, they can play indoor tennis. We do not have in this district a YMCA. We need to put a YMCA. I was just looking down Highway 78 and seeing that Sports Authority was gone. Home Goods was gone. That would be a perfect place to either put a Dave and Buster's or to put a nice state-of-the-art sports complex. We've got 20 acres down the way. So I've been scouting you know, places within the district to have some place where youth can be and also where there can be a computer lab. If they want to go there after school to do work, we have to really engage our youth so that they can graduate with success because these are going to be the future, you know, of our nation. We want them to go to college, um, whether it be for a trade or whether a four-year college, we want them to get the education necessary. So they'll be the mayors, the city council members, the presidents, the leadership of this county and of the nation. Now, it sounds to me like you have given this whole matter a lot of thought. Yes. And that seems to be something that the present senator has largely ignored. Do you see that same kind of disconnect with what people need, what really benefits people in the district, as opposed to, well, I'm going to go down to the state house and I'm going to fight for something which may or may not be relevant. Maybe it's a good talking point. Well, I was a sponsor of such and such a bill, or I did this, or I did that, but yet it doesn't really affect people in terms of a positive influence on their day-to-day lives. And that seems to be your whole focus is using, in essence, using your position, should you be elected, to come back to the district and actually work in the district using your position as a state senator to bring good things to this district. Oh, absolutely. That's what a congressman does. That's what a U.S. state senator does. We have to have that. There's no way that you can be a state senator and not come back to your district and make sure that your district is taken care of. Every single county, Lithonia, Snellville, Unincorporated Lilburn, Unincorporated Mountain Park, Grayson, Loganville, all of those cities, there's something that all those cities need that the state level can help in. Why be a state senator when you cannot help your senatorial district? That makes no sense. Yes, I'm running to make sure that we have a a signature district. Second to none. District 55 means something. One of my neighbors said, you know what, just get your name out there. Get your name name out there. You know what, nobody might not care about the 
the district, you know, District 55, and I'm like, I have to get them to care. They have to know that they're in District 55, and when they're in District 55, that it means something. It's a pride. You know, if you see trash on the road, pick it up. We saw a bed on the road. My daughter and I, I pulled over to the side. I said, come on. My daughter and I pulled the bed up out of the street because that could have created an accident and somebody could have rammed into a pole. No, we don't want that. We want beauty everywhere we go. Mm -hmm. And we want people to feel comfortable that they live in a great district. You know, Gwinnett County um, has a saying that success lives here. Well, it's about time to have success everywhere. In the schools, in the churches, in the businesses, in the parks, and even those places that might be uh, boarded or not used, we have to make every single acre of this county usable. What do you see for, let's say, the main thoroughfare through District 55, which is Highway 78? Yes. There has been a lot of changes. As you've mentioned, some of the businesses that were here have closed what do you see as the motivator? Obviously, if a business is doing well, it's not going to close. Right. So our next assumption is the businesses weren't doing well. How do we change that? How do we get people to want to shop on Highway 78? How do we get the, the demographics that we need to support the level of business that's... That there's a lot of acreage along Highway 78, which means a lot of businesses... And how do you see your role in trying to get more activity here? Uh, one of the shopping centers along Highway 78 was recently sold, and I understand there's some new people moving in. But again, all of that is kind of predicated on we think yes. it's going to be a good place for us. How do we ensure that it's a good place for businesses? The operative word that you used, and I'm a grammarian, English major from Spelman College, is there has to be a comprehensive plan for mm -hmm. putting great businesses on Highway 78. I was looking at, if you look at the perimeter, if you look at Atlantic Station, see there are models which you can use. So it takes the people of all these different cities, alliances coming together. What do you want to see in your community? I even said Joe's Crab Shack is closed right now. What restaurant would be so wonderful there? Amagianos. Mm -hmm. People like Cracker Barrel. Um, let's see, any restaurant that's like in Buckhead, really nice and quaint. Uh, Decatur did so very well putting great restaurants in downtown Decatur. I remember when I had an office in downtown Decatur, it was $200 a month. Now downtown Decatur is the place to walk and be. So we have to begin to develop a walkable lifestyle because we have the Yellow River. We have so many great areas or little pockets mm -hmm. of areas down 70, 78. So really, it's a comprehensive plan. Working with uh, the, the Evermore, the community district, to really say, you know what? We're going to make this work, and we're going to become, as people know, we're going to become Little Buckhead. Mm -hmm. We're going to become Little Buckhead. So it takes a comprehensive plan. Okay. What other issues do you see that you think are vital to address for this district? 
I think the issues to address would be how people perceive where they live. Um, coming from the inside out instead of the outside in, um, what I'm hoping to do is to develop, and I'm working right now, to develop a community portal where all of the cities and all of the residents can go on this community portal and they can see what's happening. If they have ideas, they can pour their ideas on this community portal. And from that, uh, you can develop a blueprint. So I haven't heard a whole lot of crime in this area. So I won't say that the issue is crime. There could be an issue of, I have to go all the way down Highway 78 to turn back around to get where I want to go. How can that be solved? Can we put more light? Can we put more stop signs? So I would have to really go to the community to get them to go on a computer web because nowadays people are on the computer. So have them to go to a computer portal, a computer website to find out what are their issues in the community because it's their voice that matters and then from there to develop a blueprint and then get that blueprint out for approval. Because it's just not my opinion. It's the people that make the difference. And I'm sure that the expertise out there in Snellville and Loganville and Grace and Lilburn and Lithonia are greater than my personal expertise. So once we get all of that soundbite of the people together with their issues, I know that we can solve them. I mean, everything's solvable. Very good. Appreciate taking the time to talk with us and... Best of luck in your upcoming election. Thank you, sir.